T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Cubs have a new reliever. Richard Lovelady is here to get some work in the bullpen. The new left-hander, Richard Lovelady. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, right? I mean, because like a lot of people love ladies, you know? I mean, uh, sure. people of all sorts of, of stripes love ladies. <laughs> when you're a quarterback at Alabama, you see that lovely lady there. Whoa! And But it implies that he himself is a love, a love lady, although I guess he is a love lady. Now it's good to have fun with names. Have you ever known a love lady in your life? This was new to I've me I've known today. the love of... Two ladies. Oh, I'm proud of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. At the same time? Yeah, well, no. Oh. I tried. Damn straight. Always wanted to do that, man. I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up, too, because chicks dig dudes with money. There is a love lady, Texas. There is? Love lady, Texas. This love lady is from Tennessee. Well, or I, I get confused. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. I think I can one-up you here. Please do. Charles Harrelson is from Love Lady, Texas. The father of Woody Harrelson, famed murderer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Clear that up. Woody Harrelson, not the famed murderer. Yeah, he's a psychopathic killer. So what? But, Danny, we've talked about sentence structure before. Oh, we have. He killed a guy. <laughs> Charles. As did Brick. Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. So the famed murderer has to come before Woody Harrelson, not yeah. after. But he killed multiple people. Charles did, yes. <laughs> he's from Love Lady, Texas. I didn't realize he's from Love Lady. I'm sharing information That's that I found on Wikipedia. Because we don't want any more murderers. I no, think we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. Who are the murderers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Clinton, he murdered a guy. Yeah, you know, we're not allowed <laughs> no, to, you're not no, allowed no, to put out no, no, no accusations. Do you never hear that? You're supposed to be funny. Let's oh. get on to it. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut up! Shut up! Ladies! One, two, three, and here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Jack. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thanks for hanging out. Parkinson Spiegel on on The Score. Tell a friend. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Join us on Twitch and YouTube. We're everywhere. Can you do more than five stars? Can you add an extra star? I don't think so. Damn it. I don't think so. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, we'll be lucky to get to four and a half after Shane's Goodfellas review. It was a hell of a review. Man. It really was. I under, You know, I understand where he's coming from. He's seen the 20 years of mob art movies and TV since then. And he's heard this built up, you know, for years and years. I, I understand a little bit of the underwhelmed feeling. I mean, he also thinks that kicking and screaming is Will Ferrell's best work. So 
Never said it was his best. Said it was better than Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, one, te- one text just said, go back and watch your soccer movie. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, anyway, that's not how you start the five o'clock hour. No, Thanks. come see us in person uh, and yell at Shane about Goodfellas at Benchmark. Uh, we'll be there the day of the big game, February 11th. Molly and Haw, Dan Lawrence and Layla and us from noon to three. We'll all be on the air together talking about KC San Francisco. All you got to do to get in, have a hundred bucks in your Circus Sports Illinois app. Doors at noon. There's free food. There's entertainment, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, CircusSports.com for all the information and to sign up. It's exactly the kind of thing this station should be doing. Let's get out. Let's hang with the people. Every single one of us think it's great. Yes. Sunday the 11th, noon to 3 at Benchmark. So we know the list. We know we know the... Full offensive staff. Yeah, the and the pecking order of coaches who would be there for Caleb Williams, or in theory, uh, for Justin Fields, Shane Waldron... Thomas Brown, Kerry Joseph. Mm-hmm. That's the list. If Shane Waldron goes and gets a head coaching job because Caleb Williams is so amazing, the Ken Dorsey to his Brian Dable or the Joe Brady to his Ken Dorsey yes. is potentially Thomas Brown and Kerry Joseph. I heard a great phrase that I'm going to steal. Love it. And, and I'm going to use it now, and I bet you will too because it's so good. Thomas Brown is a continuity cushion for the potential loss of Shane Waldron. So you you ha- you could lose Shane Waldron and Thomas Brown, who has been an offensive coordinator for a little while. He's the passing game coordinator. Here. Correct, correct. So that is somebody. And Kerry Joseph is the quarterback coach. So you've got two guys who could be continuity cushions should Shane Waldron move on. So that that's one aspect of this for sure. I thought of you for another aspect, which is that all during the process, you said it'll be interesting to see if they hire two of these guys, if they hire two or three of these yeah, guys. That was, that was, that, yeah, that was happening. That was, that, and there's connections to these guys. Uh, they work together in Seattle and Kerry Joseph and Ke- Waldron. Kerry Joseph and Waldron work together in Seattle. And so they're interviewing these guys for OC jobs, but all of them were pretty qualified. And it's like, you could squint and see yeah. three or four of them as OCs, but, but probably not. And there's only 32 of those jobs. But I also like, and Thomas Brown and Shane Waldron work together under Sean McVay. Correct. And so there's connections there. They know each other for Darnell Wright and DJ Moore and Cole Komet and all of that. It is another thing similar to McVay. The, the, the plays should not be terribly different. Of course, there will be some tweaks to terminology and yeah. preference and all that. But stylistically, the offense should actually be fairly similar to Luke Getze. So you could say that this is, hey, Fields and Getze didn't get along, but this is still going to be pretty similar for him. Like if you wanted to make the case that this was for Justin Fields, I think that's how you'd go about doing it. But I don't think all of these guys who had the ability to interview for offensive coordinator positions come here to coach Justin Fields. I don't know. I, I, I think that this job and Albert Breer has said the same thing. I think the caliber of the staff that was able to be put together is largely okay. due Maybe. to the ability to say, look at what Bobby Slowick had happened for his career with CJ with CJ Stroud. He's ended up going back to Houston, but he got a bunch of interviews. He got a huge raise reportedly in Houston, and everybody knows his name, and he will be on all of the head coaching interview lists again next year. That it it feels to me, obviously I can't prove it, mm-hmm. but it feels to me 
like the caliber that the industry says this staff is, is tied to the Bears having the number one pick and that increasing the attractiveness of the job. I, I'll, I'll grant that as, uh, as part of the attractiveness, without a doubt. I think there's, there's a few things about the Thomas Brown hire that, that I love. The all right, throw them at me. Passing game coordinator, first of all, it's becoming more and more common to have that person who works along with the OC. And so just the fact that they're going that, it's a very modern, modern thing. I love his perspective as a former running back who has now transitioned. He's been a tight ends coach. Yep. He's been an offensive coordinator, now the passing game coordinator. But he's got, he's got that mindset a little bit. Obviously, the McVay thing and the fact that he and Waldron have worked together. But McVay loves Thomas Brown. Like, I, I was really intrigued by reading about Thomas Brown's history because McVay played against him in high school. When McVay was a high school player, he played against Thomas Brown and loved him. And then later on, when he got into coaching, he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I remember what kind of competitor you were. Come, come work with me. Absolutely. And then he wanted him to become an offensive coordinator because he believed in him as a leader and as a communicator. Yep. So in order to help facilitate that, he gave him a specific job, and it was the same job that, that McVay had in the year before he became an offensive coordinator. That's tight ends coach. And I thought this was fascinating. McVay believes that when you are a tight ends coach – it prepares you for the next job of being the offensive coordinator because so much of what McVay does and what the system does is about tight end usage. It's about 13 personnel and what the guys need to do when you're coaching technique and you're coaching them to sell one thing when you're about to do another and you're, you're making sure that when you're the tight ends coach, you are on top of every bit of disguise in this offense and every bit of utilization of either your blocker or your receiver in that way. So the McVay endorsement on the personal level and how he kind of has helped groom him for life as an offensive coordinator is really interesting to me. I think that it's all fantastic stuff. I also like the competitor side of it. Yeah. Reading about him. Like, I don't remember him as a player. Dude was in the NFL. For a long time, right? No, not, not a, 2008, 2009, 2010, oh, okay. practice squad guy, sixth round pick. Dude, mm-hmm. he's five foot eight. <laughs> he's five eight, 200 pounds is what his listed weight was. Now, Chad Morton, I do remember in the league. You remember Chad Morton, who's now the new Bears running back yes, coach? Yes, but but Thomas, like, to hear McVay talk about him, Talk, so this guy's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He played tough as hell. Like we talk about, like coaches relating to players, being able to speak their language. Yeah, at, this guy being a former player in the league played at Miami. All that stuff. Like that, that 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 strikes me as a potentially valuable. Or play, played at college at Georgia. Excuse me, uh, Falcons and Browns in the pros. Uh, he was a coach at Miami as their offensive coordinator and running backs coach for, for Mark co- Rick, for Mark Rick. Correct, um, but. Here is, we have some McVay, right? We have some McVay on, on Thomas Brown. Ooh, yeah, I think it's just his everyday approach. Um, he he had great experience, you know, when we first got connected. But, shoot, I remember watching Thomas when we played against each other in high school. He's one of the ultimate competitors. He's always trying to just continue to perfect his craft, whether that was when he was playing or whether that's as a coach. Um, and he did such a great job of owning whatever role it was, whether it was the running back or the tight end coach, but there was always an interest in continuing to absorb a bunch of different material where, hey, I want to be able to make sure that, hey, I'm doing my job right now, but I'm also setting myself up 
um, for the opportunities that I think he knew were ahead. And uh, and that's been a consistent thing with him. I don't know that there's one moment that, that steps out. I think the biggest compliment I can give him is the consistency at which he approached every day and how that built towards him interviewing the way that he did with Coach Reich. Um, I remember when you know I was speaking with him about it. I think this was something that he envisioned inevitably happening. And uh, I know he'll attack it and uh, and and do a really good job and and being able to collaborate with the rest of the coaching staff and figuring out how to put you know your guys players in the best positions. But I'm not at all surprised and uh, looking forward to uh, to him doing a great job attacking that opportunity. That, that, that's a great pull. That, 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 I, I think it's really cool. And it, McVeigh is is an important dude, not just because of all the former assistants that are now around the league, but just because. He's widely considered to be absolutely freaking brilliant, you know, like like the recall and the way that he thinks about it and the bandwidth to do what he does and has done is freaking legendary. Yeah, some some game management conservatism that people don't love, but the play calling, the intelligence, the communication skills, the identifying of coaching talent. Uh, and people say one guy on the text lines, he's I don't get the McVeigh fascination. He 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 flashed once. He's been to two Super Bowls. Once with Jared Goff. Once with Jared Goff and then with Matt Stafford. So so he's he's one and one in Super Bowls and he's been there with two different quarterbacks. And how old is he? 40? 38? Let me tell you this. Like, I mean for the last seven years, he has been the youngest coach in the NFL. Yeah, until today, right? No, until earlier in the offseason, Gerard Mayo. Was number one. Oh, right. But then the guy today, Mike McDonald, McDonald from the Ravens. There, right? yeah, McVay, McVay's 38. There are now two coaches in the NFL that are younger than Sean McVay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and it was this offseason. It ends a run of seven years with him as the youngest head coach in the NFL, which is insane. That is crazy. It's, it's, it's just a, the idea of like, I don't get the fascination with McVay. He's boy wonder, man. He's 38 years old. He's been in the Super Bowl twice, and he's, he's 77 and 49. Is his win so the guy's winning, and there's like forty coaches that are, that used to work for him that working are, are working around the league, and there've probably been forty coaches fired since he got hired. You know, you hire a 31, 32 year old guy, the odds are he's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is he's the goods. He, he's he's what everything that pe- people say about him yeah. is clearly the league is basically falling all over itself to copy him at every turn. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, our guy Softy Mahler, when he was on with you um, last week while I was uh, on an island, uh, said that he didn't like Shane Waldron. One of the reasons he didn't like him is because he doesn't want to be a head coach, that he's not head coach. You couldn't see him as being a head coach. Is that, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that he doesn't want to be one. That he couldn't see him as being a head coach because of his communication skills. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't really care about that necessarily like if he's a, if he's a good offensive coordinator then great I do need him to be a feisty leader of men or if he's not I need Thomas Brown to be that like one of them has to be a bit of an ass kicker you know one of those two yeah really has to be a bit of an overall ass kicker for an offensive coach I don't uh, all I because somebody asked him the Waldron thing is that he is yeah I guess maybe a little bit more understated and calm uh-huh. it's like the calming influence I but I I've never spoken to him. I, I, I don't know. I, so I don't want to character right. profile any of these guys until we either talk to them or talk to people that know them very well. That's fair. I, I guess what I'm saying is I do believe firmly that on a coaching staff for a specific side of the sure, ball. Sure, a good cop, bad cop. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah there's, I don't know who that'll be. Either. I don't know who that'll be either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, but it could be Shane Waldron might be smart enough to know that whatever he's not, Thomas Brown is. 
you know? Yeah. Which would be a wise way to go about your business. Like well, what the Eagles have done with the this uh, Clint Hurt character. You guys see those videos of that guy going I, around? I they're, did, they're, yeah. They're their new D-line coach. Yeah. Uh, he seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah. They, there was a little NFL Films little piece of audio video that they released talking about, like, it shows his demeanor. This guy is a huge guy. It's like, you know, picture him and bigger the, than Big Dom. Well, just people are talking about the presence that him and Big Dom are going to have. I think they're due for a culture change. I think they'll get it. Listen to this guy talking about pad level with one of the shorter players. Active feet, violent hands, pad level. You should never have a problem with your pad level, seeing that your little ass is built close to every sidewalk in America. <laughs> That's amazing. It's Clint Hurt, everyone. That's amazing. Oh, wow. It's really good. That's really good. That's it's oh man. See, but Philly is instructive on this stuff, like in terms of the mix of a coaching staff, because we we had heard that Shane Steichen was a bit of an ass kicker. Yep. And their quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, was the nice guy. And then he became the offensive coordinator and there was no ass kicker left. What do we think about Eric Washington? I, I, the, the, I've heard the, nothing but 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 good things that that intrigue me about Eric Washington. It, it, it's funny though, like I don't I you, I want to get better at this as we do it more and learn from our own mistakes, right? Yeah. Like all anybody said about Matt Nagy was good things, and all anybody said about Luke Getze was good things, and sure. we talked about Aaron Rodgers endorsing Luke Getze, and we played that stuff. You know what I mean? So a lot of this is the personnel that Ryan Poles gives them. What type of ingredients do you give the chef? That's not to say that coaching doesn't matter. It obviously does. I think it matters more in the NFL than it does in any other pro sport. I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, well, but I, what I really like about the mix, though, with Washington is that he's a defensive line specialist. If you had to pin him down as one, he's been a D-line coach in college and in the pros. Yep. And Eberflus is a linebacker guy. I mean, obviously, he's going to be the defensive coordinator, and they have a linebacker coach. Borgonzi's the linebacker's coach, right? But young defensive linemen – like like Dexter and Pickens, and if they draft a young edge rusher with a really good D line coach who is the DC, let's go. Yeah, I mean, he's a I, Marinelli guy. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That the the group on the team that needs to be coached up the most is the defensive line, right. the, the group on the defense. Yep. So if Eberflus is going to call the plays, but again, they were limited in the type of the caliber of coach that they could get for that job. They just were. People would say that me being a hater. Hogue was on the station today talking about, like, you're probably not getting Chris Harris for that job because he wants to call plays. Mm-hmm. And if Eberflus is going to call plays, like, you're a defensive coordinator under a defensive head coach yeah. who also calls plays. Sure. So this is journeyman coach. In it, I think he's 54, 55 years old. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? A good teacher. He's in it for the grind. He's in it for the love of the game. He's so, in it maybe, for the, so, so, like, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad hire. Right, right, right. I, I'm saying they hired for these probably the specifics of coaching defensive linemen, and that he doesn't. He's not going to be a play caller. I hear you. It, you know, it, it, it could also be though that this is a guy who doesn't have some of the the personal skills or the communication skills to be a big time badass defensive coordinator. I have no idea, but gets an opportunity here because. He can he can rise up while the head coach is the defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like there's it, when, when you're looking at this job and your Eberflus, you try to pick and choose the best fit, and a D line fit is a is a really good fit. I just me. I I think on paper this staff makes sense. 
on paper, the offensive staff is probably as good as they could have possibly done without having a head coach opening. Uh, you know I like Shane Waldron. I liked him last year with Geno. It was my favorite story in the NFL last year. Yep, I talked about it in the middle of this year for and, the Bears. And I like Thomas Brown, so let's, let's plant right. our flags. Anything good about the offense, I'm going to be crediting to Thomas Brown. All right, well, I'll probably credit Caleb Williams. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for our first polls position, by the way. The Monday after the Super Bowl. You like, are? I got something planned for it that I don't like. know that I can even Ooh, wait for it. Is that a thing that might happen? Is that what you're saying? I'm just, I just I know of something that is going to happen. Because this, this is where things happen. I know, I'm saying. but I'm, just, I'm personally saying that I don't know that I can wait for the Monday after the Super Bowl. I'm very excited. It's not a party, is it? I just want to know if I need to dress accordingly. It's not a party. It's not gonna or be, call in sick. It's not going to be balloons. Yeah, right? yeah, we'll see. There's not going to be balloons. No. But there is something. Let's see if Robbie can work that day. There is. There is. Yeah, you guys would love that, I bet. Oh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Feeling a little scared? No. No? All right. I wonder what Robbie thinks about good folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's good. So I'm already working on my Monday after the Super Bowl fact sheet. I hope you love it. <laughs> Let's see that guy find his cell phone number. All right? See if he can. Wow. So let's see that guy get Ice Cube wow. on the line. Is there a positive vibe in here right now? There was, Groats. There was. <laughs> no. Was at one point. <laughs> I don't even know if, like, I don't even know if this is, like, he's, if it's my fault because I worked with him on the Parkins playoff shows and tweeted about him. No, maybe we're just I, having fun. I honestly don't know <laughs> what this is. He did help with the Shane Walter and fact sheet. Robbie Triano, good at his job. I'm going to say that right now. Oh, boy. Good at his job. Don't do that. That guy is don't. a future executive producer at this station Whoa. on a day part show. Whoa. Yeah, I'll say that right you now. You leaned in. Fun. Yeah, yeah. He, he steered into the skit. I'll say that <laughs> right now. Did. I didn't say on this show. I'm saying I'd buy stock. There's not many. I, I know. I'm saying I think I, we all agree. I say I'd buy, I'd buy stock in Robbie Triano. Oh, goodness. That's what I'd say Man. right now. In fact, if you'd want to buy stock, you'd have to buy it from me because I own all. You own all the stock. Yeah, yeah. See, this is one of those days where I wish there was a Bulls game at 545. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your luck. Hey. hey. But it's not the biggest sports story in town tonight. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The woo people are out. Thanks for playing some mood thing. That made me feel. Chilling with my man Rusty Ghost is a beast. Afternoons on the score. Are they going to get the ball up in time? Clark for the win! Biggest sensation in women's college basketball is in Evanston tonight. Caitlin Clark taking on the Northwestern Wildcats. Darren Ravel was on the station, said it might end up being the most expensive ticket in Northwestern athletics history. Wow. Um, there was there, there was a guy on the station this morning who bought season tickets for Northwestern women's basketball just so he could go to this game. I got to be honest, I missed that, but I'm, I believe you. I heard about it. <laughs> I, I believe you that that person exists, and I hope they're happy with their decisions. I just wonder what they're going to do like when Wisconsin comes to town. Donate the tickets would be my guess. I don't know. But I don't, but I don't know. I wish uh, I was going, man. I absolutely wish I was going. She's unbelievable. Sh- and how often does greatness come to town? You know, not will, always. Yeah, no, I mean. True greatness. Hopefully often in pro sports, you know what I mean? You can see 
these guys in the NBA, but I I would go. I guess what I'm saying is I like women's basketball plenty enough to go and see greatness um, with the opportunity presented. You know what I mean? Like, it, if somebody's truly great, like uh, when Elena Deladon was here for the Sky and and I loved her backstory and everything, I was like, I'd, and I started to watch some Sky games, like, man, she's amazing. This yeah. is great. And this this person, this Caitlin Clark is maybe the best women's college basketball shooter of all time, one of the best women's basketball players of all time. Yeah, and like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's not gotten me to start watching women's college basketball with any degree of regularity like it for me it personally hasn't i'll watch Uh, highlights no i i haven't sought out games yeah i'm not gonna pretend i've done that you know what i mean so but but that's okay like when that we we talked about it for a while after their national that game against lsu and it was 9.9 million people watched Mm -hmm. that's like the rose bowl you know what i mean that's alabama georgia that 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 is that's not Northwestern Wisconsin college football. That's the best that college football has to offer short of a national championship game. Like that, so whether I watch the regular season or, or not, like that, that is a real audience and a sport that is on the come and yeah. people are going to invest in. And she gets a ton of credit for that. But I guess I'm also interested in like, do you have one of like a singular athlete that took you to a sport that you had previously never cared about? And it's stuck because I have one for me, but it's, 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 and, it's, and it's common stuck. It, it, no, and, and it's stuck because I got one. I, I watched formula one for Lewis Hamilton okay. a few years ago. All right. Like I was like, Oh my, all right. Well, but that's partially because Christine was getting into it and, and watching, but I, I watched that. And then I watched the formula one Netflix show because I was fascinated with Lewis Hamilton. And I began to like a lot of other factors about it. All right. Do you still watch? Like, will you watch a, do you wake up and watch a race? I do not. Okay. So it didn't stick. That, okay. That, and I mean, that's that's fine. It's just a random qualifier for the conversation. But for me, it was Tiger. And I know it seems now completely obvious because he did it for so many people. But I never played golf, watched golf, knew my dad didn't golf. Brad didn't golf. Like my, my uncle did. And he ended up being the one when I showed an interest in it mm-hmm. that would take me out and, and all those sort of things. I went out there when I was 13 to visit him in Colorado and we golfed together. But like I had no golf influence in my life. No one that I knew didn't. I could not have told you what a birdie was or what state Pebble Beach was in. And Tiger Woods in 1997 at the Masters. I was like, well, this is different, and he's the. This is great, and he lapped the field, and all of a sudden he was cool. It's a good and, question, and I started. And you know what I mean? And now I, it's my favorite sport to play, and I watch tournaments that he isn't in, and the and golf's always on a TV somewhere in my house, so I can follow it out of the corner of my eye, and I bet on it every weekend. When Pete Weber was dropping three hundred games and and snapping, you know, and, and flipping people the bird and like making bowling cool. I tuned in to watch Chris Schenkel on an ABC Saturday afternoon. Okay. But it didn't stick. Yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't watch bowling now. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know what I mean? I That's okay. It's okay to tune in for the phenomenon and then maybe follow them or maybe just care a little bit more or uh-huh. maybe watch a little bit more than you ever watched before or just the highlights, consume it on Instagram. Like yeah. a lot of people are consuming Connor Bedard right now. That 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 is okay. Who do you think you are? I am. It's just interesting that, like, I, there, there, I think there clearly are going to be fans 
that are going to become women's college basketball fans. I think that's true. That And it does stick, not to the scale of Tiger Woods. He's one of the most famous athletes of the last 50 years. But there will be a lot of people that become fans of the sport, and it'll be able to be traced back to an individual. It's pretty rare. Will it get a screen for you tonight? No. I'm just being honest. Yeah. It, 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 it won't because, like, Northwestern women's basketball is not good. So if I, you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's four miles away doesn't mean I should put it on TV more. I should watch when they play a, yeah. a, a better team. You know what I mean? I, I will watch the highlights. Good answers on the text line. Mike Tyson for this texter. That's a great one. It's a great one. Another yeah. one, Andre Agassi for so, tennis, and it's stuck. Now loves tennis. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I, this is clearly yeah, having. Yeah, should have done this earlier. Why didn't you bring this up earlier? I don't know. I've been thinking about it. It's a good topic. Oh, man. We're going to do it again tomorrow night. Listen, you think, you think I'm capped at three and a half hours? You know, like 10 hours it takes a day in here. <laughs> go all day. All right, we'll keep going. We go all day. It's not a pro- I, Well, Bulls basketball is coming up, and they're just so compelling. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're so good. I'm going to go watch some Chris Schenkel highlights on a Saturday afternoon. You should do that. Thanks, man. We had fun today. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell and Kevin Lapka. Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon is our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. Peter King and Dave Wanstead on the show tomorrow. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. Bulls basketball follows us. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. Yeah, it was supposed to be you know, all fun and games, but obviously it, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had fanned anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun and um, – as I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. And now it's all over. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.